Welcome to the Sun, Salt, Light Teachings and Podcast, where we would love for you to know and grow in the Son, Jesus Christ, and be the salt and light of Christ everywhere you go. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Michael Petit of Calvary Chapel Divine, Texas. This radio ministry is actually a ministry sponsored by Calvary Chapel Divine. You can find out more information about the church at calvarydivine.org. Their service times are at 10 a.m. on Sunday, as well as Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. They're located at the VFW in Divine, Texas at 211 West College Avenue. Remember, you can get more teachings, the digital devotion, the podcast, and listen to the radio station, Sun, Salt, and Light through calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. Hey, how you doing? It's Pastor Michael Petit. I am doing this. We had the teaching for chapter two or chapter one, actually, for uh, the book Under His Influence, Yielding to the Work of the Holy Spirit. And I wanted to make sure uh, we we had the teaching available, but we had an issue with sound on Wednesday. Uh, it kept popping in and out, and so I didn't want to put that out there. It sounded really bad, so I'm going to just go over the teaching really quick. It's We spent about 20 to 25 minutes uh, going over the chapter, and then we go over the questions privately because it's... You know those are pretty intense uh, discussions as we as we dive into those questions. And so uh, this week we we had the question, um, what kind of Christian are you? And that's chapter one. What kind of Christian are you? Under his influence, yielding to the work of the Holy Spirit by Pastor Lloyd Pulley. And one of the first things it says uh, from S. D. Gordon uh, at the very beginning is the Master's plan, and what a genius of a plan it is is this that the world should be won not by preachers though we must have these men of god uh, for leadership but by everyone who knows the story of jesus telling someone and telling not only with his lips earnestly and tactfully but even more telling with his life this is the master's plan and it, it and it makes a great difference to him and to the world outside whether you are and i are living the story of his of his love and power among men or not and so that's kind of where we were at i wanted to add something just a little bit to that because that was one of the things that i think was important is what is the church's plan um what does god have planned for the church the the one of the things we know is that we are to go out and make disciples Uh, we are to share the gospel um what is my job as a shepherd for you? That is to um, have the church be a place of preparation. And what I mean by that, it's a place to prepare you to go out. It's a place for um, for you to be able to come and sit and be at rest in those seasons when you need that. It's uh, a time for, uh, for me to, uh, as you're giving the Word of God, to uh, be encouraged to go out and, and answer the call that God has put on each of our lives. And so that's what it is. It's a place of preparation. I don't think people understand that. There are going to be times when you are going to have to come and be still and be, be at the feet of Jesus and just be refilled and refreshed. But then there's going to be those times when you're refreshed and refilled and you go back out. And so we, we serve the community. That's one of the things that I, I've shared with you all is like, how do, we, 
how do we live our life as Christians? One of the biggest things that I, I think is through our marriages, through our families, in the community. We, we, we are to be the sun, the salt, the light. Be the sun, or, or know the sun, uh, and grow in the sun, Jesus Christ, and then be the salt and the light. Those are the things that we encourage y'all as a church to do. Uh, Lloyd was talking about how his, he was reading his daughter the story of Jesus and the storm. And when Jesus calmed and said, be still, in Mark chapter 4, verse 39, she, she said and let out, that's not fair. You know, the disciples get Jesus with them all the time. And, and she's like, how come we don't uh, get to have Jesus with us all the time? And uh, what if he was here with us? And so that discussion happens, and, and we've talked about that before. It's like if, if Jesus was here, uh, with the, uh, the the billions of people that are here on this earth, uh, with the amount of people, each of us would only get a half a second. You'd get a half a second in your lifetime with Jesus. That's it. Somebody did the math on it. That's all you would get. And so that's why we went over that last week about the, the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 14, uh, verses 15 through 18, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. That's the Holy Spirit, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive, but it is neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. And then again in John 14, 26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I've said. So we have, when we give our life to the Lord, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. When we repent um, and, and we ask Christ into our heart, we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. And, and so the Holy Spirit dwells in us. The Helper dwells in us. Um, and so God, the father, God, the son, God, the spirit. And that's one of the things that we need to remember. And, and so that's an amazing thing when you think about it, just, you know, the think that you have the Holy spirit, that's the indwelling presence, the empowerment of the Holy spirit in you. Right. In first Corinthians chapter two, verse 10, it says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things. Yes. Even the deep things of God. Uh, it's that indwelling spirit, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. And, and that is the basis of our life of, as a Christian, right? That's our basis as a life as a Christian. Charles Spurgeon said it very simply, as breath is the very life of the physical man, so the Spirit of God is the life of the spiritual man. By Him we are reborn at first. By Him our spiritual life is sustained, sustained. By him is the inner life nurtured, increased, and perfected. See, many Christians attend church on a regular basis looking, you know, we've, we've talked about it. They look like healthy trees, but there's no fruit. Something's missing. They're, they're enslaved to bad attitudes and, and, and habitual sins. And, and, and they're missing that power of God in their life and that's the thing we are to be connected to i love second corinthians chapter 3 verse 3 and i think honestly when we did our discussion this was the verse that really stood out to everybody 
2 uh, Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3 says, Clearly you are an epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. So what would others know and read of your life if they were to actually look closely at the way that you're living? Would they see Jesus in you? Remember when we talked about that? If we were to put your, your, if we were to put your your um, your faith on trial, would you be found guilty or not guilty of sin? And that's a big deal. I mean, it's it's you know he's talking about here that you are to be known and read. And I think one of the things that's very important is like if you just imagine your epistle, your book. Your legacy, you're gone. You're, you're spending eternity with God, but let's say your legacy, your book is there and somebody can read it. What would they read? Would they read about the, the grace and the power of God in chapters of your life? Or would they be surprised to even know that you were a Christian and all? See, it's the Spirit of God and it's the grace of God that changes hearts. It's, it's the word of God that's written on the believer's heart. Okay? And so the experience of God's grace is certainly more to them that, uh, than letters of commendation carried by false teachers. But the Corinthian believers were lovely written of Paul's letters. And the spirit of God had written them. Uh, written the truth on their hearts, making them an epistle. And they were they were wicked, you know, the Corinthians were wicked sinners, but Paul came with the ministry of the gospel of grace and started seeing lives being changed because of the power of the Holy Spirit. And as Christians, I, I think what happens sometimes is we, we get on the, the Christian treadmill, as Pastor Lloyd Pulley was talking about, is you can be overwhelmed and be busy doing things in your spirit, uh, busy doing things in your flesh and not in the spirit. And it's, it's the grace and the love and the power of Christ that indwells in us, and that's the power that we need to be connected to. But if you're feeling worn out or tired, you're like, man, I cannot live up to the holy standard of, of Jesus Christ. I'm, 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 I, I just can't do this. Or maybe you think the Christian life is simply just too lofty of an, an ideal to maintain on a daily basis. Like, nobody can do this. Well, I can tell you, without the power of the Holy Spirit, you can't. Being a Christian is way too hard. God never intended for us to wear ourselves out, to put ourselves on the treadmill. He simply wants us to believe and be completely dependent upon, upon the Holy Spirit. To trust in Him to lead us, to guide us, to, to let Him be the Lord over every aspect of our lives, over every hidden corner of our lives. You know, we talked about it before. It's like when, when God comes to indwell in your heart through the Holy Spirit, like what needs to go? What areas of the house are you going to let Him in and not let Him in? Because if He's your Lord, He's the Lord of all. This is, you know, one of the things we talked about this past week, or we will be talking about on Sunday, is authority. Because they're going to be questioning Jesus' authority. 
And and that's where where people struggle is they struggle with the authority of of Jesus Christ. They struggle with the authority even in our world today. They they struggle with the authority of the Supreme Court. The federal government, you know, the the state government. We all struggle with authority in some form or fashion, but what we're doing is we're just rebelling. And and what we don't want to do is rebel and be disobedient to what God is calling us to do. If he's the Lord of our life, then he leads every aspect of our life. And he has access to every part of my heart. And so wherever we've been scarred by the world, whatever has caused us to, to, um, to not let go of a sin, Jesus can help with all of that. It's his life. It's, it's him who redeems us. And it's his grace that's sufficient. Um, you know, so he, we need to be trusting in him and not in our own flesh trying to live this life. In Joel chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, it says, Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God for his gracious and merciful uh, his slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and he relents over disaster i love verse 13 it, it says and rend your hearts not your garments return to the lord your god for he is gracious and merciful slow to anger abounding in steadfast love and he relents over disaster and and that's what we need to do even as a nation we need to return to the Lord you know, we're seeing that happen slowly um, you know I believe that just you know we just see just a an awakening that I believe is happening and and we need to continue to be available and, and ready to share uh, God's word with people to share the gospel with people but it starts with us abiding in him revival doesn't start um, you know with with the world it starts with the church first uh, and so it starts with us walking with the Lord. And, and so we have to make sure that we are abiding in the relationship, that it's intimate. You know, you can't have a relationship daily if you don't spend time uh, daily nurturing that relationship. And that's what it is with, with Christ. Like if you didn't talk to your kids for a week, um, not even on the phone, not even on FaceTime or whatever. What What do you think that relationship's going to do if you continue to do that for a month? It's going to get harder and harder for that relationship to continue. There's going to be problems with it. There's not going to be strength in it. And see, with us, when we're abiding in our relationship with the Holy Spirit, we're, we're able to go forward through His strength. And so abiding in Him is not the work that we have to do in order to please God. As a matter of fact, it is the opposite. Abiding is actually coming to the end of all of our efforts at living the Christian life. To abide, that means to actually continue to remain under, to dwell permanently. It's a continual relationship, abiding relationship with God. It's something that we do daily through fellowship, through dwelling of his, of his presence, through His Word. This is why we tell you as pastors all the time, you need to spend time nourishing uh, on the bread. Uh, we all need it. 
he gave the story about the manna, and, and one of the things that they complained about is they grumbled about the manna that was provided for them. And and sadly, you know, in Exodus chapter 16, verses uh, 4 through 8, it kind of gives that, and they're, they're just complaining. And I love in, in verse 8, it says in, in, in Exodus 16, verse uh, 8, it says, And Moses said, When the Lord gives you, uh, gives you in the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling, that you grumble against him, what are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. They were trying to grab enough manna for days so they didn't have to do it daily. They were complaining about the manna uh, because they were remembering their, those days in Egypt when they had stuff that they didn't have out in the desert. They, so they were complaining, even though God was providing. But then they go in their own human ingenuity or human thinking they actually go and go well why am i going to get just manna for today when i can grab manna for the next three days but what would happen is the manna would go bad because they were told to get just enough for that day the only day that they were able to take extra was on the sabbath the day before the sabbath they would take enough and and this is what happens with us as we get out of our daily routines with god and we try to, well, I've, I've had manna on Sunday. I don't need manna again till Wednesday. No, you, you need it every day. You need that spiritual nourishment of his word daily. Daily. Don't try to do that because that's that human thinking that gets us weak and gets us in our flesh. You need that time with God daily. You need the bread of life. That's what Jesus said, you know, in... in uh, to the crowd in John chapter 6, he, he says that, that, that he declared that he was the true bread. He was the true bread. And it was a picture. The manna coming down is actually a picture of type of God's Son who came to give himself as the bread of life for the hungry sinners. I see, we miss all that. We need to be in God's Word. First Peter chapter 2, uh, verse 2 says, Like, like newborn infants... Long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. Like infants, you should be like an infant, like you're needing that nourishment daily. Daily, we need it. That pure spiritual milk. You cannot, you cannot live this life without being in the relationship, in an abiding relationship with Christ, with the power of the Holy Spirit. D.L. Moody said this, you might as well try to hear without ears or breathe without lungs as try to live as a Christian life without the Spirit of God in your heart. Can't do it. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We, we have His infinite power, His infinite resources, His infinite abilities, and we have to remember we're in finite bodies and lives. Uh, you know, Paul kind of gives that, that verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. It says, We have this treasure in earthly, earthen vessels that excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. It's these earthen vessels that are breaking and cracking and falling apart, but it's God that keeps them together. It's the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit that, that we're supposed to live as God intended. Our lives can only become holy and set apart for His purposes as we yield them to the Spirit of God within. 
And that's why Jesus, at the very beginning of the, the ministry of, of the disciples, he, he, he told them, you know, there, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be the witnesses to me. In, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and he's like that power, that dunamis power, which means dynamite. And it's power with the uh, power controlled. And it's, it's a great example and, and it expands our reason and the capacity. He helps us to discern the things that otherwise we'd miss. He gives us the ability to understand the wisdom to know how to make the right choices, how to walk away th from temptation. He helps us to love people that we could never love. He gives us everything we need to live for Him through His power. And so that's what transforms our lives is the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. We can't live it in our flesh, not by my might, nor by my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Not by my might, nor my by my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. You can, you can approach the day with the flesh, and you can do it all with your wonderful influence, your personalities, your gifts, your resources, your education and experience. And it may work for a little bit. But eventually the flesh is going to show up. See, I would rather do it the way that accomplishes the task, the way that God wants to accomplish it, through the direction that He wants to do it, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I've seen things, I mean, even when we did the... Um, the football field event, I've seen things where we stepped out in faith not knowing. We had no clue that that we would be able to pull that off. At the same time, the funding for it, and God provided. And it was a step of faith, and God gave us a, a little glimpse here, and then we had to take that step of faith, and then a little glimpse here, and we took that step of faith. You know, it's it's understanding that that it's His work. And, and 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 we have to remember that it's done through his power. And a lot of ministries can survive through ingenuity, but you can remove that from uh, that person from that ministry and and you'll see that it was surviving through the flesh and not the spirit. See, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that actually can save a marriage that can that can overcome the temptation that's what the power it can help you walk away from sin it can ha uh, save you from a, a, a habitual sin it can tell the truth to somebody even when you know it's going to hurt but they can receive it because you're able to do it through love it allows you to forgive allows you to be at, at a moment when you need to be quiet you can be quiet that's all what the Holy Spirit does but it's that personal relationship with God it's not by 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 might nor by power but by my spirit says the Lord of hosts in Zechariah 4 6.
And Jesus' life is the perfect example of that. Under the influence of the Holy Spirit, even though he was fully God, fully man, he took humanity and identified with all of us in order to save us. It's Christ's life that demonstrates the awesome power of the indwelling Spirit. And Pastor Lloyd had shared a story about a little girl that had heard about Jesus Christ and you know, and they talked about receiving Jesus in, in their hearts. And, and um, one of the things that the, the mom and her had a discussion, and, and, and she was happy to hear her talking about Jesus. She said, yes, honey, that's right. Jesus lives in our hearts. To that little girl replied, but mommy, how does it fit in there? God is so big, and if he lives inside of us, he would be sticking out all over. You know, that's what should be happening with the church today. That overflowing Holy Spirit coming out of the believer. And it should be impacting the world today. That's, that's the question. So if you're an epistle that's going to be read, would they know that you're a Christian? I mean, are we living, are we willing to allow him to have his ways in our lives? To be guided and to abide in him? Is there things that need to be worked? Are there chapters that you wish, man, I wish that chapter wasn't there? Yeah, sometimes those chapters that are there where you go, man, I had this thing that was there and, and man, God, but in chapter 2, chapter 3, man, you see how God moved. Remember, God God knows your story. You were created in the womb and and, and God, God has the beginning to, and the end to your story. And so what kind of Christian are you? What kind of Christian are you? If they were to know and to read in 2 Corinthians 3.3, 3, Clearly you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. Beautiful verse. Beautiful chapter. The book is available online. Uh, you go to calvarydivine.org, calvarydivine.org under uh, Summer Series. Next week we'll be in Chapter 3. Uh, and, and I hope that you get a chance to not only read uh, the chapter, but also answer the questions on the back. Uh, so next Wednesday we will be in Chapter 3. And we will actually spend time um, going over the questions. We'll have, like this, maybe a 20 to 30 minute discussion. Uh, of the chapter and then we'll go into it and actually break off and and uh, break into groups and start studying it and talking about it and going over the questions and so i hope that you have a wonderful wonderful uh weekend i apologize that the teaching wasn't available immediately that's uh that's on me uh and uh you know we'll get it get it uploaded and hopefully i'll get a chance to read the book and uh, continue the summer series with us. We, we appreciate y'all even taking time to, uh, to join us. And so if you need to get a hold of us, simply go to calvarydivine.org. I'm Pastor Michael Petit, and that was Chapter 1 
of Under His Influence, Yielding to the Work of the Holy Spirit by Pastor Lloyd Pulley from Calvary Chapel, Old Bridge. That's the book that he has. It's available on Amazon as well. God bless y'all. Y'all have a good one. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.